When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. On the Memphis Tigers Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Inside Memphis Athletics, the official podcast of the Memphis Tigers. Now, here's Jeff Brightwell. Our guest this week on Inside Memphis Athletics is Hall of Fame quarterback Danny Wimperine. Wimperine was signed by Ripshire and after a redshirt season, played four years for Tommy West Memphis team, helping break a 32-year-old bowl drought and rewriting the Tiger record book. We talked to Danny earlier this week, starting off discussing Brady White breaking his passing record in a dramatic win over Houston. Yeah, it was exciting. You know, it's exciting uh, for me to to just basically see the university be successful. Um, But to see Brady, you know, uh, play the way way that he's been playing and obviously come back with a a huge victory and be able to, you know, get that field goal at the end to win the game, uh, you know, it's exciting. And and I've said this before, it's exciting for me to be able to – I have a lot of pride in Tiger football, knowing that we're out there doing well, um, becoming uh, even more uh, aggressive, getting to the national stage, and people are understanding who we are. Uh, you know, I used to tell people I went to school in Tennessee, and they'd always say UT. You know, they would always ask me if I went to Tennessee or somewhere else, but now I could just say Memphis, and people know uh, the Memphis Tigers all around the country and know, uh, you know, a lot of different players that played there. And, and like I said, it's just taking on a, a – a bigger measure of uh, of some certain pride from uh, some ex-players. Uh, let's go back to uh, your decision to uh, come to Memphis. Of course, Rip Shear was the coach uh, at that point. You you played once you uh, got down with your red shirt year with uh, Tommy, but what was the decision process in coming up to Memphis? Because back then, it wasn't a school that had uh, you know gone to straight seven, seven straight bowls or even the New Orleans Bowl when you guys broke through. Yeah, it was uh, it's a big decision for any young man, 18 years old, to understand that this is where he's going to be for the next four or five years. But it was, uh, to me, I always wanted to go to Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame was on me a little bit, but then at the end they thought that they committed the kid that was the number one quarterback in the country. 
And so they tried to get off a little bit. And uh, so I canceled my visit to Notre Dame. I had another visit set up to Nebraska and Clemson. And uh, so I canceled the visit to Notre Dame, came up to uh, Memphis. And I just really enjoyed the people. I uh, really enjoyed. I didn't think the drive was bad. You know, I thought that um, uh, it was accessible to my mom and dad to be able to get there, all my friends and family and girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. I uh, just thought it was close enough. And, and then I go to come to town. It reminds me a lot of New Orleans mm-hmm. in a way. You know, the people are very open-armed uh, people. They're very uh, welcoming. And I just really enjoyed myself. So uh, at the end of that visit, you know, I had to really assess what I was going to do. And then uh, Coach Shear came down uh, to the coach's office at my high school. And it was just uh, – it seemed like he really wanted me. And, and, and that's a good feeling for a, a kid to understand that not only are you just a number, but you uh, – you know, he called me his number one guy. He wanted me to, to kind of finish off his recruiting class in the right way. So that made me feel good and it made me feel like, uh, you know, I wasn't just a number. I was a guy that was going to go in and be able to contribute and that they truly wanted to be there. Uh, pretty interesting story, and I believe you've told it, and I'll let you kind of, you know, go over it again. But the uh, the story is, of course, you came in, you redshirted with Coach Shear, and he had made the promise to your family that he was going to redshirt you. Unfortunately, uh, that ended up being Rips last year, and I believe it was a four and seven year. So, you know, I'm sure the temptation was there to, to take the redshirt off. That could have been the difference in winning a couple more games, and maybe he's uh, still the coach at Memphis. Who knows? But you got to really tip your cap. Man of his word, redshirted you and, and, and really helped your development. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I was uh, I won four state championships in high school all four of my years here, and uh, we ran the option. So we didn't, you know, we threw probably two or three times a game, more of a play-action deal. But I, I had a little bit of throwing. I had enough throwing on my film where some coaches around the country, well, they would come to my practices and see us throw a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, going into my uh, freshman year of college, I knew that there was going to be a little development there, uh, not only uh, maturity, but but physically and mentally trying to get better and understand the game a little more. So we asked that, you know, we could redshirt and uh, it, it was so uh, close to call. My freshman year I actually traveled to every away game. So I was the only redshirt um, and I was one of just a few freshmen that actually traveled to uh, the way games, but yeah, I traveled to every game. So, uh, you know, if somebody would have gotten hurt at, in an opportune time, or we would have just been, uh, all the quarterbacks would have been playing, you know, not, not very well collectively, then, then who knows? But, uh, and all three quarterbacks, Neil Suber, Scott Shear, uh, Travis Anglin, they all played that year and we just weren't sure what we were going to do, but you're exactly right. Coach Shear was a man of his word and, uh, kept the red shirt on me. And then, uh, you know, I was able to go in and pretty much start as a redshirt freshman. You got transition then. Uh, coach West uh, is hired on as the head coach. Uh, he takes over from the defense. He had had prior experience at Clemson and, you know, coached at a very high level. And, uh, you know, anytime you go to a school and, and after the first year there's a coaching change, I'm sure that puts a little uncertainty in everyone's mind because you're recruited by one guy. But I guess, I guess it helps that Tommy was on staff already and you, you knew him a little bit. I think it helped out a lot that he was already there. Some of the guys really knew him. And, and to be honest with you, we were so dominant um, my redshirt year defensively that I think it helped uh, in a big way. You know, if, if we were at a, if we had a terrible defense and, uh, and then, you know, that was the guy we hired, obviously it wouldn't have gone over too smooth, but our defense was like number one and two in the country each and every week. You know, unfortunately for us, if we could have 
scored 14 to 21 points a game, we, we'd be in bowl games, you know, because our defense was rock solid. So I think, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the fact that he was here and a lot of guys knew him, especially on the defensive side, uh, was a smoother transition than normal. And then, then again, you know, we had some guys that were, uh, you know, coming up to be uh, juniors and seniors that we, we still felt pretty good about. Uh, being on the team. So, you know, a lot of times I'll always tell people coaching is one thing. You have to have great coaches. But, you know, if you don't have the horses to play the game, you're not going to go very far. And I, th- I thought we still felt pretty good about the group we had coming up after that. So the first two years, 01 and 02, 5 and 6, 3 and 9, there's some growing pains. But I'm sure you're one of the young guys, a freshman or the sophomore that time, and all these guys start making their way on campus. You see uh, D'Angelo Williams, Stephen Gaskowski, Mo Avery, the, the, the names go on. Was there a feeling within the core that, hey, we're, we're going through some growing pains, but we think by the time we mature a little bit sophomore, junior year, uh, this thing could really get turned around? Yeah, well, to be quite honest with you, my redshirt freshman year, we should have been bowling. Mm-hmm. You know, if you all remember my last year uh, or that, that first year I played, uh, Cincinnati beat us, yeah. and they went to a bowl game, and we didn't. It was a fourth and 27. Yeah. They kind of threw up a, a prayer, and they, they ended up catching it. And so uh, they went six and five. We went five and six. But, you know, to be honest with you, it still still hurts a little bit yeah. that we didn't go to the bowl game my freshman year. That would have been a great opportunity. Um, and then, actually, my sophomore year, a lot of people on ESPN or around the country were picking us to be somewhat bowl busters to go out there and, uh, do even better, and I think uh, some of the guys started believing in their own hype, and, and we just didn't have as good of a senior group as, uh, I guess, the leadership as, as we had hoped, and we just, honestly, we just fell apart in a few games, and it just didn't go our way, but yeah, you're right, uh, recruiting helps out tremendously, I think that um, we, we started getting some guys that were, we were winning uh, recruiting battles around the conference, as well as beating a few uh, smaller SEC schools in recruiting and getting some some key guys, which which is you know tremendous. Uh, you have to have the the athletes on the field, and you have to be able to compete. Uh, so we were able to do that in recruiting, and I think that the biggest thing is uh, through practice and film work and throwing together and working together, uh, we started to get that real belief in each other uh, that that kind of just carried over into the years to come. All right, then the turnaround year, 03, you guys break the uh, the bowl drought. Going to that season, I remember that's the year I moved back to Memphis. The uh, so you get the big win over Eli and Ole Miss at the Liberty Bowl, uh, and you get out to, I think, a 3-1 and one start. And I think, unfortunately, it was back-to-back losses to UAB and State. And to me, the big, the big thing about the turnaround, uh, and, and you, know, you talk to players, and I'm sure you guys saw it, but it, you know, I want to get your reaction. It was post-game against Mississippi State when you guys rally, almost pull out the win. It's when Tommy went nose-to-nose of Jackie Sherrill. I'm sure that had to send a message out to you guys that, Hey, th- this guy's our head coach, and he's he's not just talking about fighting for us. Uh, he's out there in, in, in Jackie's face, uh, you know, going head-to-head. Yeah, he's a, Tommy's a hard-fought, uh, just a hard-nosed guy. And I think, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you have to be that. You have to have that type of swag and intensity to understand that you're just going to walk out on the field and shut people down. And I think uh, that carry, you know, you've heard the, the phrase, it comes from the top down. And I think uh, that's something that, you know, the guys can see and rally around and understand that, uh, you know, we're not we're not going to take crap from anybody. And I think that's kind of the mentality you need to have, especially when you're walking in to other people's houses and say, you know what, we're going to shut you down and beat you. And I think that was the mentality that changed at Memphis 
when I first came, you know, we guys would go out and party when we get yeah. our butt kicked. And I had never done that before. I'd never been around anything like that. It, it would always ruin my day, ruin my night, ruin my week. And uh, so I think we started to, to believe and care a lot more and to understand that this is why we're here. This is business. This, this is, you know, uh, you're getting a free education for a reason and you have to go out there and battle each and every week. So I think the mentality as a whole changed uh, at Memphis for them thinking and hoping and wishing that we can be there to now working towards the goal and understanding that not only should we be there, but we should beat these teams. When you guys got in the locker room down in Starkville after that game, did, did you guys hear immediately that, that, that Tommy and, and, and Jackie nearly went, went to blows after the game? You know, to be honest with you, I didn't know until uh, that night. And, uh, you know, but then I think it was on, like, the local stations and all that. And, you know, we just kept watching it and checking it out. But, yeah, it was it was definitely, uh, you know, it was a fun time for us to be able to see that. And, uh, you know, a little extracurricular activity is not too bad sometimes. <laughs> well, it, it definitely uh, it did something. You guys won five straight after that, and, and, and things were rolling the rest of 2003. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, – you know, like I said, I think the guys <clears throat> understood that the work that we put in was just, uh, you know, we, it was time to get rolling. And uh, it, it was going to be time that uh, teams like that, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, that, that it was, it's kind of a, I hate to say it, it's a lose-lose situation mm-hmm. for them to play us back then because they, sh- they should have beat us on paper and everybody thinks they should beat us, but if they lose to us, uh, it's not a good thing for them, for their programming and, and against us in recruiting. And I, those are the kind of battles that I think we started to win and understand that not only can we win it, um, but we had the mentality of we're gonna we're gonna step out on this field and we're gonna beat your butt, and that's that's the way we carried it carried it on. I guess one of the most special memories, at least on field memories, we'll talk about off field memories, but on field had to be that that New Orleans Bowl to beat North Texas. You return home, and then you're named MVP. Yeah, no doubt about it. Just to be able to. Being my hometown, I'd played four state championships in a row in, in the Superdome and then also some regular season games. Uh, so the stage wasn't too big for me to walk in and see the lights and be there and playing. Uh, it was a, a great feeling for me. And uh, and I think that belief system was there for all the other guys. I was really just excited to go down there and see them have so much fun uh, pay off. You know, all the hard work finally paid off and we can go have a great time and, and beat North Texas. But it was an awesome opportunity for me to have, you know, the local – uh, high school kids, the friends, the family, the coaches, and just, you know, kind of, uh, it sounds cliche, but be home in the dome again. And uh, and it was an awesome opportunity. We walked out of that tunnel. We saw all those screaming Memphis fans, and they really did make us feel like home. It was it was a fantastic feeling. I was fortunate enough to be down there in the stands, and a lot, a lot of people were. A lot of Memphians went, broke the 31, 32-year-old uh, bowl drought. And, and for you guys, you know, you didn't play for the Tigers for 31 years. You guys have been there two, three years but but could you at that point uh you know as the team is 18 to 22 year olds really grasp what that meant to the city and a you know in a in a base of fans that have you know they they've been drug around for a while and and battered down and and didn't know if it was ever going to happen but could y'all really get the sense of what that meant to the city i think most of us could yeah uh just from being there and communicating over the years and uh you know i tell the story that I wanted to give people something else to cheer about except uh, beating Tennessee once, you know, because I had heard about that ever since I showed up on campus. And uh, so I think that people communicated that. Obviously, the young guys, you know, maybe not. But I, I think that following some of all the leaders on the team, they understood. But I, I really think that probably after we won 
and to see the 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 just deep breath that everybody was able to take and the, and the and the joy and the and the camaraderie that everybody felt to to all feel like they were part of it and uh you know the faculty the coaches the fans the players everybody it was just it was just an awesome feeling and it all built up uh to finally be there and to win the game and then of course you said I got MVP it was just kind of storybook for me at the end of my junior year so it was a lot a lot of fun you, you guys follow that up with an eight and four season another bowl game down in the uh the very wet mobile alabama the gmac bowl but you, you in your career of back-to-back bowl games and uh those two years and the following years of tommy uh i remember when justin fuente got the job uh, asking him about taking the job he said look tommy in that group showed that you could uh do that here in memphis and so that played a lot in his decision to take the memphis job and you know, that's something you guys can stand on. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, any town is going to, they're going to pull for winners. You know, and you can't go out there and give them a two-win season and expect for 50,000 people to show up in the Liberty Bowl. It doesn't work. Um, but I believe that, you know, people, they root for winners. They want to have a winning team at home. And uh, so, yeah, they, they've built upon it tremendously. And uh, so that's why, you know, like I mentioned Brady the other night, being able to win that game at home and his his stellar record at home has been unbelievable. So it's we built upon that. It's been exciting, but it's even been more exciting after the fact to be able to see where it has gone. And now um, to hear about, you know, some people, even though it might be wild predictions and crazy predictions, but where they hope that this thing is headed in the future. And it's, you know, exciting for me to say that, you know, we were a small piece of that. Uh, D'Angelo had a, a neat quote a few weeks ago. I saw it uh, on, on Twitter because they were talking about all the explosive running backs uh, Memphis had had, and you know, and you know, it's hard to believe it's 15 years later. But the person that put out the original tweet about the running backs, there was no mention of D'Angelo, and some people said, "Hey, you're you're, you're forgetting about D'Angelo," and he immediately put out the fact that I am not mentioned shows you how far this program has come, and, and he took it as a sense of pride. Yeah, no doubt about it, and and he's right. You know, they when <clears throat> when I played uh, my redshirt year, we were so excited about having a few guys in the NFL camps. But, you know, you, you go around the country and you talk about you know, some SEC schools that aren't that far away. You know, the Alabamas, the LSU, the Ole Misses, and they have, you know, 15 guys in NFL camps every year. And, you know, they might end up signing half of those guys to NFL rosters. But we didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was uh, they were few and far between. But, uh, you know, it, it, it does take a lot. It adds a lot of pride to us to be able to see, like I said, the projections and where we're headed from here. Um, but yeah, the running backs, some skill positions. I mean, uh, uh, not only, you know, of course I had D'Angelo, but just to see the different athlete that we're starting to groom at the University of Memphis is, is very encouraging. You know, some of these receivers are, God, man, I would have given <laughs> a couple of my fingers on my left hand to be able to have some of these receivers that can go up and fight and get the ball and yards after catch and, do some amazing things with the football, some of the returners in the return game, and obviously we're watching these guys on Sunday now uh, do some big things. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been tremendous to watch. Uh, you, you dabbled. Uh, you played a few years in pro ball. Got to play for the voodoo uh, at home, so I know that was special. But uh, what are you doing these days? Well, I actually work for my father-in-law. We do. Uh, we own the largest uh, garbage company, uh, commercial garbage company in the state of Louisiana. And uh, so I've been here about 12 years after playing. Actually, we're 13 years now uh, after playing some ball. And we do, my wife and I do some, you know, property investment things and stuff of that nature. But honestly, I'm so wrapped up with four kids now and, uh, you know, starting to coach them and 
and teach them along, and uh, it's been a fun ride so far. And, and also, you're fortunate enough, I know it's probably a lot of fun for you to get to do some broadcasting with, with your alma mater down there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to play at one of the best high school programs in the country, and, and uh, so we've been broadcasting the games for the last 10 years, myself and another guy that graduated 10 years before I did, a receiver. So, yeah, we've been doing that. Unfortunately, we lost this weekend in Shreveport by one point. Uh, had five turnovers, so you know, you know as well as I do, you can't can't beat average teams like that. But uh, it's been a good ride, and it's kind of just helps you stay uh, within the game and and uh, stay close to the kids. And and it's it's nice to be able to see them grow up and grow in the game and and watch them. So it's been a lot of fun. Tell me about keeping track with your teammates. I know a long time ago, before you had social media and things like Zoom that we're doing now, you'd hear uh, alumni come back and talk about they haven't been able to stay in contact for for decades, but uh, a little bit easier now. So, uh, how, how much contact have you been able to keep with the guys? It is, you know, I, uh, the quarterbacks always keep in touch with their offensive linemen, <laughs> so those are usually my better friends uh, of the bunch. But it's uh, it is definitely easier. But I'm not on Facebook or anything like that. I've never. Never really dabbled. I let my wife handle all that stuff. But I got on Twitter last year, and it felt weird. But I've uh, <laughs> made a few posts here and there. But uh, it's been fun. But yeah, I like to be able to, you know, talk to the guys here and there. But I always tell my wife, you know, we don't, we, we don't talk like women. It's just, you know, hey, how you been? Good to see. You know, nice talking to you and this and that. How, how's the kids? That sort of thing. But it's it's been nice. But I do want to try to get back up after all this COVID craziness is over with next year to hopefully the uh, alumni game or the, or the reunion game because it seems like that's a lot of fun. I have not been able to get back to one of those, so hopefully soon. And I also, I would love to be able to present Brady White with the, uh, you know, the, the, the record-breaking ball as well when all these things get back to normal. And hopefully he's coming back from an off week in the NFL next year and, and I'm able to, you know, do that as well because I'd love to be able to finally meet him, talk to him a little bit, get to know him a little bit better. But, you know, I think it's a big deal. Uh, to pass pass it along to him because uh, he's definitely earned it. Well, I think an alumni football game would be good. I've always heard players say they've got you know one good throw, one good hit left at them. You think uh, any any of you guys have that that one that one good throw left in you? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm much bigger. <laughs> I'm much bigger than I was back then. I'd be playing offensive line, but maybe we'll do like a guard around or something, a fumble rooski. But I would definitely, uh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you never. You never stop missing the game, you know, or the guys. So, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, uh, oh, man, I, I, I did my best and I'm past it and all that. And I am too. You know, I gave every, gave the game everything I had, but, uh, I think I would always want to do it one more time if I could. And that's why, uh, you know, in, a, in a very light, uh, manner, I, I kind of lived through my boys a little bit, you know, watching them, uh, progress and get better and understand the game and start to love the game a lot. Uh, it helps me, I guess, uh, in, in, in a way cope with not being able to be out there doing it myself. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to Ryan this week. I'll see if we can get maybe an alumni flag football game to, together. Yeah, At least yeah. that'd be something. We'd have some good players out there. <laughs> sure. uh, Danny, uh, we, we've talked about your on-field memories. Uh, tell me a little bit about your time at Memphis. Some of, your, some of your best memories maybe that didn't involve the actual games themselves. Well, you know, I was a guy that always loved um, the journey and the work that it took to get there. I was a guy that loved the weight room. Um, I always worked out with the offensive linemen. Uh, I ran with the receivers and DBs, so I tried to push myself in everything that I did. But I was that guy that totally liked the journey of the study, 
talking to the coaches, the film room, the the running, the working out, uh, and really those are those are some of the best memories. You know, the, the good memories that you have um, during games. A lot of the a lot of the games uh, escape me until mm-hmm. I can see film on them again today. But the memories are the things in the locker room. You always hear guys talk about uh, what they miss. You really miss the memories of being with the guys and just clowning around and and talking trash and yelling at each other and making fun of each other and, and joking around. And those are the fun things and the memories that really last a lifetime. Um, so, yeah, we had some we had some tremendous times uh, outside of the games, I think, are, are much more important to me than, uh, you know, just a memory beating Ole Miss or going to the New Orleans Bowl. It's the constant journey with your guys. And I talked about it before, understanding that uh, we've gotten better and better and not stepping into a stadium saying – man, I hope we can beat this team, but stepping in really ready to kick some ass and, and saying, you know, it's time to go to work and we're ready to go. It's got to make you pretty proud, too. You look at the the investment now the school has is, is, is made in the football. And, you know, unfortunately for uh, for Tommy and Rip and some of those coaches, it was a different time. CUSA was very young. Uh, there wasn't the money. Uh, it, it was just a different era. And then they brought in some new administration, changed presidents, and, and they realize if you don't get the football program really up and, and going, the, that's, the athletic department's going to follow it. Now, uh, I know the next time you come up here, you'll see an actual indoor practice facility and four practice fields and you know nutrition centers and, and on all that. It's got to be amazing to think uh, where it's come in 15 years since you've, since you've played. No doubt about it. I mean, uh, there's a lot of money in college football. Um, you could just go back to see how much the NCAA profits every year. It's big business. Um, but you're not going to be competitive if you don't give these kids uh, an avenue to be successful. And when they show up in their recruiting visit, these are the things that they want to see. They want to see uh, a very competitive weight room. They want to see an indoor facility. Well, they want to be able to walk into a stadium and feel like uh, they could pack the house. They want to be able to you know, like the nutrition center you talked about, um, all of those things go to getting you that more of a blue chip athlete. And those guys that would maybe thought about going somewhere else will now start to uh, take a take a couple more uh, steps closer to coming to Memphis. And I think that's vital in getting any program better. Uh, we were promised an indoor facility and different things ever since my recruiting trip. And finally, we kind of got new locker rooms. I think it was my junior year. Um, they finally did something. But it's continued to get better and better and better. And I, like I said, I think to be competitive, uh, you need that. Because if you don't have the facilities, you're not going to get the top athletes to, to attend. All right. Well, Danny, we'll try to, uh, try to get you another win down at that Montgomery Bowl next week. There you go. I appreciate it, Jeff. Good to see you, man. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us, Danny. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been Inside Memphis Athletics, the official podcast of the Memphis Tigers. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Memphis Tigers Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.